and to Jesus be the glory and the honor and the praise. Only to him belongs all the praise because there's none like Jesus. And I thank you for being with me today for this beautiful teaching on the three realms of faith. We're going to talk about the gift of faith, the fruit of faith, the measure of faith, and the difference. So you can understand when you read the word, you can put the clear differences between the three and say, ah, this is about the gift. Oh, this is about the fruit. Oh, this is about the measure. This will be a blessing because I believe it's going to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And that's really my purpose, is to strengthen you as God's wonderful saint in the Word. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the privilege to teach them your Word. Lord, I pray today you'll bless them, empower them, strengthen them, anoint and use them for your glory. And God's people said, Amen. Okay, so when we begin talking about faith, we begin to talking about the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is very, very simple. It's the faith of God. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, it talks about the gift of faith. That's 12 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Now, these are called manifestations of the Spirit. They are supernatural in character. The gift of faith is the sovereign, supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit. In Mark, in fact, let's go to Mark 11. We're going to begin to understand this beautiful gift. All right, Mark 11, verse 22, the Lord Jesus said, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, or have the faith of God. Now, a lot of people, when they read that, they don't understand that what the Lord was saying here is the gift of faith, is the faith of God. Now, in Matthew 21, 21, the Lord also said to all of us that every one of us needs this gift of faith because it says in chapter 21 of Matthew, verse 21, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if ye have faith, this is the gift of faith, and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if he shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. So the gift of faith, well, you know, God commands us to have it. God commands us to have it. And the Lord said something very beautiful. He said, it says, and the Lord said, unto you I say unto you, verily, verily, I say unto you. Now he was not just speaking to the apostles, he was speaking to all of us. Because later on it says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whosoever. So it includes all of us. Do you remember in Luke, and, and again I'm showing you examples of the gift of faith that belongs to every one of us. And the Lord showed us how to get it, by the way. But if you go to Luke 8, 
24, it says, they came to him, awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. Wow. So when the Lord rebuked the wind, he was using the gift of faith. And that's why he said to him earlier, or later, when they <laughs> were afraid, he said, where, where is your faith? Where is that gift of faith in your life? So we see from, from God's precious word that when the gift of faith is an operation, the man and the woman God is using becomes a channel of God's own faith. So the Lord said, have the faith of God in Mark. Have the faith of God. Let the faith of God work through you, manifest through you. So, so how, do we, how do we receive it? Well, do you remember what the Lord said? Um, let's go to Matthew 17. Because, you know, in Matthew 17, we have the story when the Lord came down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And it says that there was a father with his son who was possessed by a devil. <clears throat> and the father had come to the disciples and they could not help him. So he comes to the Lord in verse 14 of Matthew 17. When they were come to the multitude, when the Lord came, they came to him, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him saying, Lord, Lord, have mercy on my son for he is a lunatic <clears throat> and so vexed for oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. They could not cure him. And the Lord now responds by, O faithless and perverse generation, because they could have easily had the gift of faith and did not. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me or hither to me. And now the Lord rebukes the devil. The devil leaves. And then came the disciples later and they said, why could we not cast him out? In verse 20, the Lord said, because of your unbelief. For verily I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard, as a grain of mustard seed, that's the gift of faith. You'll say to this mountain, be removed and so on. Then he said something powerful. How be it this kind goat not out, but by prayer and fasting. He was giving us the secret that the gift of faith comes when people pray and fast. You know, when I had the, the crusades and I, you know, had crusades all throughout the world, I would pray from 2 p.m. till 7 p.m. And, and most times I didn't even eat hardly anything. And when I'd walk up on that platform, the gift of faith would just come, come out of me. So when I would rebuke sickness, everything in me knew sickness was gone. And I understand now when I read this portion that only prayer and fasting will cause the gift of faith to operate where you'll see miracles in your life. And that's what the Lord was talking about here, the gift of faith. Do you remember in James 5, 15, where it talks about the gift of faith, it says in James 5, 15, I'm sure you all know it, but let's just look at it. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. So the Bible says, 
is there any sick among you? Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint that man or that woman with oil, praying over him in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith. Now, the prayer of faith is the gift of faith. And this is where it takes a long time. It took me years to understand the difference between the gift of faith, the fruit of faith, and the measure of faith. Now, I'm still not finished talking about because I want to, about this, I want to continue in this teaching today, showing you the, the fruit of faith, and then tomorrow, the measure of faith. So in James 5.15, we see it in, in operation when he says the, the prayer of faith. And do you also remember when Peter walked on the water, what was an operation? The gift of faith. And then when he saw the wind, then he got scared. He was about to drown, and he said, Lord, help me. So this faith is mentioned in Matthew 14, when Peter walked on the water. This faith is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2, when Paul said, though I have the gift of faith. He wasn't saying, though I have the fruit of faith or the measure of faith. He said, if I have the gift of faith, and though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith, meaning the gift of faith, because he just said the gift of prophecy, so that I can remove mountains. I have no love. It means nothing. So... This gift comes for a reason, stays for a season, and it is God's faith. It's really a perfect gift. Now, how is it different from the fruit of faith? Well, the fruit of faith is mentioned in Galatians. So let's go to Galatians, all of us together, and let's look at chapter 5, and let's look at verse 22 where Paul talks about the fruit of faith. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And then he continues, of course, in verse 23, meekness, temperance, and so on. So the gift of faith, the gift of faith, which I've been talking about earlier, could be compared to a gift on a Christmas tree, while the fruit of faith, is compared to an apple on an apple tree. So think about the difference. A Christmas tree, an apple tree. The gift of faith is on the Christmas tree. The fruit of faith is on the apple tree. Now, so a Christmas tree bears gifts. An apple tree bears fruit. What's the difference? Well, the gift on the Christmas tree is not part of the tree. The fruit on the apple tree is a part of the tree. You see the difference? Christmas tree, gift, apple tree, fruit. So God gives us a gift. It's like Christmas. <laughs> God gives us fruit. It's the apple tree. So the fruit of faith on the apple tree is coming from the apple tree. So a gift does not reveal the tree, the fruit does. Isn't that, isn't that powerful, Chad? Wow. So the gift does not reveal the tree. 
The fruit reveals the tree. So the fruit reveals, the gift doesn't. So the gift basically, the gift of faith, expresses the ability of God. The fruit of faith reveals the character of God. Can you see the difference? I'm going to repeat that. The gift of faith reveals his, his ability. The fruit of faith reveals his character to us. That's why Paul uh, says there will come a time when gifts will not be needed. But character is permanent. Remember, he said in 1 Corinthians 13, the day will come, all gifts will be done away with. Why? Because gifts reveal ability. Fruit reveals God and his character. So that's permanent. And, and here, here's, here's something else. The gift is for today. The fruit is for tomorrow. The gift is for today. The fruit is for tomorrow. So the fruit of faith is not only today, but it's also tomorrow and forever. It doesn't leave. It doesn't go, go away. So then fruit um, is the expression of who God is. Uh, the, 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 the gift and the fruit, frankly, complement each other. The gift and the fruit, we need them both. We, we need both because we need to show God's ability and God's character in our life. So we need the gift. We need the power of God. We need to show his ability to others. You know. But then the, the fruit shows who God really is, how holy, how merciful, how faithful he is. And it's, it's revealing his, his, his character. And the Bible says something wonderful about this fruit of faith. And that's John uh, in, in John 15, 5. Let's look at this. All right, this is beautiful. I'm the vine, you are the branches, Jesus said. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. What fruit? Faith. For without me you can do nothing. So the fruit of faith comes out of abiding in the Lord. This is very, very important because abiding in Jesus reveals the fruit of faith. The fruit of faith uh, is that childlike faith that's grounded in Jesus. Abiding in Jesus being grounded in Jesus reveals who Jesus is through our lives. That's the fruit of faith. Um, David talked about that in the Psalms. Let's look at Psalm 125. I hope and pray you're getting the difference with both now. I think that this is helping you. So Psalm 125 and verse 1. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. 
So it is trust in the Lord, faith in the Lord, abiding in the Lord that causes your foundation and my foundation to be built on God's holy mountain. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. So abiding in Jesus, which reveals the character of Jesus, will cause you and I to be unmovable like Mount Zion. It's not so with the gift, because the gift is something altogether different. But talking about the fruit of faith, it's that faith that King David wrote, uh, wrote about in Psalm 37 also. Let's go to Psalm 37. Let's look at verse 5. And it says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. Have faith in him. He shall bring it to pass. That's the fruit of faith. Trust in him. Trust in him. All right. Um, I know a lot of you sweet people will understand this. But if I asked you a question like, do you believe that I exist? You'd, you'd, you'd all say yes, because I can see you, I can hear you. If I'd say, do you believe in me? Do you believe in me? Some of you will say yes, others won't know what I mean. But frankly, you cannot believe in me. Nobody can believe in another human being because believing in me means you'll have to trust me with your soul. Believing in me means you'll have to trust me with your, your eternity. There's only one person that we can believe in, and that's the Lord Jesus, not a human being. Now, I know people want to be nice, you know, so you say, okay, do you believe in me? Yes, but they don't know what that means. Believing in someone is saying, Lord, I trust you to the Lord. Believing in someone will have to say the same thing, but we, you, you really cannot say to a, to, a, to a human being. You can say to a human being, I trust you with my life. Imagine. It's not possible. But when you say to the Lord, I trust you with my life, I trust you with my soul, I trust you for my salvation, I trust you with my eternity, that's believing in him. That's what David was writing about in Psalm 37.5. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust in him. Remember Abraham believed in the Lord, believed in the Lord? There's a big difference between that and in. You believe that I exist but you can't believe in me, nor can you believe in any human being, nor can I believe in any human being, because I'd have to say I trust you with my soul and I can't, but I only trust the Lord with my soul. And that's what he means by trust in the Lord. And that's the fruit of faith. And then in Psalm 56, in Psalm 56, I'm so glad I'm bringing this teaching to you because I want to help you understand the difference. And verse 3, it says, What time I'm afraid I will trust in thee. Psalm 56, 3. Whenever I'm afraid, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. So Paul the Apostle wrote about this faith when he said in 2 Timothy 
Because this is really what's important. It's not the gift of faith. The gift of faith we need, of course, to prove to the world that God loves them, God wants to help them, God wants to heal them. But for our own life, let's look at 2 Timothy and chapter 1 and verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer, Paul writes to Timothy, these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. What tremendous faith is this. Wow. So this fruit of faith becomes reality as one abides in Jesus, as that one's life becomes cultivated. So God the Father cultivates that life. How? How? Uh, when, when, when he prunes us, when he purges us. The gift does not need cultivation. Only the fruit needs cultivation. So John 15 again. So the Lord says, abide in me and, and the Father will prune you. That's the, that's the fruit of faith. The gift does not need it. The fruit does. But because, because the gift does not require time, the fruit requires time. So the fruit requires time and skill and labor. That's cultivation. The, the, the gift doesn't re- require time. Gift comes, gift goes. When I used to be up on those platforms, and I still do today, that gift comes out of me, and when the service is over, it's done. But the fruit of faith is every day in my life. It's being cultivated. It's, I'm being pruned. God is cleaning, purifying my life day by day. So the, the fruit is the result of Jesus, of the Lord Jesus in your life and my life. While the gift is the result of the power of Jesus on our lives, not in. I want to say that again. The fruit is the result of the person of Jesus through my life, through your life, while the gift is the result of the power of Jesus on our office, on our life. So that gift is for a season, comes for a reason. We need both. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about the measure of faith. Very important teaching. Please don't miss it. Please don't miss it. All right. Wonderful Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray you'll bless your people with this knowledge. And I pray both the gift and the fruit will always be in our lives. But especially the fruit. Because that will guarantee heaven for us. To you be the glory. To you be the honor and the praise. Bless your people now with the blessings of faith in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. All right, now it's time to give to the Lord's work. And I've been talking to you about the conditions on earth. 
the dangers we could be facing in the next few days, in the next short while, with what could happen between Russia and the Ukraine, how that will change the map of the world as we know it, how could that act empower the enemies of America and the West. So this is not the time to stop praying. This is not the time to stop going to church. This is not the time to stop reading the Bible. And this is not the time to stop giving. This is the time to accelerate everything. This is the time to pray more, to go to church all the time, to know the word of God more, and to give more. Because our time is so short right now. Our time is frankly running out right now. And the days ahead, dependent on what we do today, the days ahead can be glorious or frightening, even for the church. They'll be glorious if we obey what God says. They'll be frightening if we ignore what God says. And basically what, what God says to us is quite simple. He said, number one, great peace have they that love your law, Lord. So we need the Bible in our life. We need the word. Number two, he said, abide in me. And if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll have no lack in your life, spiritually or in any other area. But the Bible also talks about if we obey the Lord in giving, he'll open the windows of heaven, he'll pour on us a blessing, there'll not be room enough to receive it, and he'll rebuke the devourer. He'll protect us from destruction, in other words in the finance, in our future financial. And the Bible is very clear. When we, when we honor the Lord with our substance, not only will he bless us, but he'll protect our families. He'll prote I've been telling you that all the time because it says, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor is he begging for bread. Or in Ecclesiastes 11.2, it says when you sow, you'll protect yourself from the evil that's coming tomorrow. It says, give a portion of seven, also of eight, for thou knowest not what evil will be coming to the earth. That's why God blessed Isaac when famine came. That's why God blessed Joseph even when he was in the pit and in the prison, because he was a giver. That's why God blessed the saints of old. They had no lack in their life. And that's what really prosperity is. It means no lack in your life. So I would, I would advise you, do not trust in yourself or someone else who tells you that if you buy something today, if you store food in your basement or your, you buy some big freezer or put it in the basement or the garage, you'll be okay tomorrow because when those days come, anyone without Jesus is going to be in trouble because their neighbors will come and steal whatever they have in their garage or basement. But when you trust in the Lord, he'll protect you even from the wicked who may want to come and harm you in bad days. But that will not happen because God put his fear in the people around 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants. They were afraid of them. In the book of Acts, it says that the, that the world feared the apostles and the church. There, there's, God will protect you. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or received begging back, back for bread because God protects the righteous and the house of the righteous is treasure. So the only way I know is obedience. If they obey and serve him, they spend their days in prosperity, years in pleasure, Job 36, 11 says. So this is the time to really sow seed for today and the future. Lord, bless them as they obey you. Bless them richly, richly in the sweet, dear name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. Thank you for your word, Lord, and thank you for your protection. Amen. All right, you can sow your seed now on the platform you're watching me on. You can sow seed by going to our website, benin.org. You can sow seed by simply texting on the phone, BHM45777. So simple, so beautiful. All right, so tomorrow I'm going to teach on the measure of faith. Tomorrow is Friday, the measure of faith, because it's a very powerful teaching. I want you to hear. It will bless you. Make sure to be with me tomorrow. Much love to you. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.